Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 18 of the Everyday Enthusiast podcast, Late Night Session. I am Chris, your Everyday Enthusiast, and here are some of the things that interested me the most over the last week. Before we get started, I just wanted to say that this podcast is available on your favorite podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Overcast. If you want to like, rate, and subscribe, it would be greatly appreciated. I can also be reached at everydayenthusiastpodcast at gmail.com. No dots, dashes, or spaces. Again, that's everydayenthusiastpodcast at gmail.com. All right, on with the show. Okay, so to start off our fun section here, follow-up updates and notes. This is going to be a heavy episode, uh, quite heavy, I think, uh, because of the Apple rumors that came out. Uh, it was actually late last week, the week prior, and on top of that, this past Wednesday, we had the Samsung event, but I think that the next episode is going to be quite heavy as well, and that is because of MWC, or Mobile World Congress. It's actually starting tomorrow as of record, as of the recording of this episode, that is, and there tends to be tons of stuff announced there as well. So be prepared, or I guess I should be prepared rather. Um, now with that said, it's actually Friday evening uh, when I'm recording this right now. Normally I record on Mondays, but because of MWC, I think there's going to be so much stuff that comes out this weekend because it's, it's literally... Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So I think there's going to be so much stuff coming out this weekend that if I were to wait and include not not just all of the stuff that I already have in this episode as it stands right now, but then all of the stuff that comes out this weekend, I think it's going to be way too long. So I'm going to do this now. I'm going to release this later tonight or early tomorrow morning, Saturday morning. And uh, and then I'm going to start working on a follow-up episode that will be released normal date time this coming Monday. And that will cover whatever we've heard from Mobile World Congress up to that point. At least that's what I'm hoping. I, I really could be wrong. There could be nothing that comes out of MWC that interests me enough to put it on the podcast, but honestly, I don't see that happening. So, okay, here we go. So I want to start off today with things to come. So there was a huge Apple rumor dump last week, and it was a graphic from the always reliable Apple analyst, Ming-Chi Ko, or Quo. Um, stating or that started circulating on the 17th and it gives us all kinds of tidbits to mull over here okay so let's start at the top of the graphic that was released and work our way down all right so first is the iPhone all right so bullet points here we are going to see the same three screen sizes there's no surprises here we were expecting that um, there's really nothing to say on the screen sizes uh, what is that eight uh, 5.8 inch for the 10s, uh, 6.1 for the 10R, and 6.5 for the 10s Max. So nothing changing there. It is going to retain the Lightning connector. Again, no surprise. I believe I've said on multiple episodes before that I did not expect them or don't expect them to switch to USB-C until 2021. That is kind of a stab in the dark, but that's my prediction anyway. Uh, moving on here, we're going to have the same notch. Now, this is a bit of a bummer for me. While the notch doesn't really 
bother me all that much. Uh, I would still like to see it disappear little by little, but I'm not all that surprised, uh, you know, that it's going to be staying the same. And this actually is in contrast to some previous rumors that we had heard that the notch was actually going to have a smaller footprint. So a little bit of a disappointment there. Moving on here, apparently there's going to be a frosted glass casing as well. Now this is interesting. If you've ever felt the new Google Pixel 3 phones, this will give you some sense of what they're talking about. Although I'm sure this is Apple, they will do something different to make it their own. It's not going to be exactly like the fit and finish of the Google Pixel 3 phones. I think this could be very cool. I really like the feel of those Pixel 3 phones. Uh, they are much less slippery and thus easier to hold, which is more and more important the bigger and bigger these phones become. Moving on here, uh, we have bilateral wireless charging. Okay, so what is this talking about? Well, this is basically, this would allow you to be able to place your phone face down on a desk and put your Apple Watch or say your new AirPods 2, provided that they have the wireless charging case when they're released that we've heard that they will have, on the back of your phone. You set these things on the back of your phone and your phone would actually charge those devices from the phone, from the battery that is in the phone. It's basically being able to use uh, the ever-increasing battery in these phones as your backup battery for your accessories or for other phones as far as I'm aware. I'm pretty sure that you'd be able to set a second phone down on top of your phone and charge that as well. I don't know that I would do this uh, as I'm pretty stingy with my phone battery as it is, but in a pinch, if I had to, you know, if I was close to a full phone battery at the time and for some reason my AirPods were near dead, this would come in very handy. It's not something that makes me say I have to have this phone, but it is kind of cool nonetheless. Uh, moving on here, we're going to have uh, a triple camera set up on the back. This item I really do care about, but only in that it will allow me to take better photos of my son. Um, what that looks like, we'll have to wait and see. I'm sure in the end, it, you're going to be able to take better pictures with the new phones than you are with the current phones. And that's always been the case. Every time Apple comes out with anything new, it's better than the previous generation except for the MacBook uh, keyboards, but let's not get into that. Also, we're gonna have better face ID and battery, but those are of little interest to me as I don't have issue with those features now. So, okay, if we're moving on down the graphic, the next thing that they showed or talked about here was the iPad. And so it says that the 9.7 inch iPad is going to increase to 10.2 inches so i'm guessing it will retain the same physical footprint but reduce the bezels nothing to write home about but nice to see okay and, and again i think i said this last week a lot of people say that that ipad the 9.7 inch which right now if you buy it from apple you go to apple store and buy it it starts at like 329 i believe is the best value for the money and you actually can find it many other places at a discount. Uh, a lot of times under 300, sometimes even closer to like 260. So 
you know, I, I again, I, I don't think if this is anything major, it's going to get a little bigger. It'll probably have some other new features as well, I have to assume. Um, next on the iPad graphic is the iPad mini 5. The only note made here is that it would have an upgraded processor. We talked about this last week uh, mostly, so I I'm not going to dive deep here. You all know how I feel about that. The graphic next lists the Mac items. So we're going to see an all new designed 16 inch MacBook Pro. So I may have talked about this in previous weeks, but I think I'm going to be up for a new computer in the next couple of years. I'm on a late 2013 uh, 13-inch MacBook Pro right now, and it works fine. It's great. I have no issues whatsoever. But that is getting a little long in the tooth for a computer. So this is great news for me for a couple of reasons. One is the current design. Um, not that they look bad, just kind of stale. Now, I want now that I want my not that sorry, I'm tripping over my words here. Not that I want my computer to be fancy or flashy, but they have been running with the same basic design for a long time now. And I know a lot of people will argue that they did their redesign. I think it was in 2015 when they launched the Touch Bar, the MacBook Pro with Touch Bar, but that was not a redesign. Okay, they made it a little flatter. They gave us some almost this almost useless touch bar and then the the almost loathsome keyboard. So, you know, they, they didn't really change the design. It, this is so, so similar even to the older MacBook Pros or MacBooks that even had this, the disk drive on the side, the CD drive. Um, you know, their optical drive, if you want to call it that. It was the same thing. It was just thicker and had more ports. And now they're thinner and have less ports. But it really, the design itself has not changed, in my opinion, that is. So I'm very interested to see what an all new design would look like. Next up is the Mac Pro. Okay. I don't have a lot to say about this. While I would love to get one of these, I have absolutely no reason to have a computer of that caliber. I wish I had a reason. I wish I did. That said, I am interested to see what they will do with the design. It is supposed to be modular and user upgradable. Given that they haven't really offered a computer like that since the current Mac Pro came out in 2013, and that is not upgradable by the way, I'm curious to see what they think modular means these days. Okay, moving on down the line, there is apparently going to be a 31.6 inch monitor. This is very specific, by the way, before I get into my notes. It's very, very specific that they're saying 31.6, not 30, not 31, not 32, but 31.6. Look, let's be real. I'm not getting this either. Okay. I, again, don't have a reason to, but I'm curious. I, I'm very interested in getting an ultra wide monitor. I have been for a while now, and I think that that is what this will be. But a monitor is one thing I don't think is worth paying the Apple tax for. That is unless you edit video because I'm sure it will be the quote unquote most accurate monitor ever made. 
and that's an Apple thing. They always tend to try and do this and say it is the best of something ever made, blah, 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 right? And and, and in many cases, they are correct. But um, at any rate, I, I just don't have... I don't have a reason for this. I wish I did. And the second to last thing on the graphic is the Apple Watch. The only thing to note here is that they will be bringing back the ceramic casing, meaning that you can now spend even more money on an Apple Watch, like you could last year. I think it was last year when they had the two that or the when they came out with the the Series Three. There was a white and maybe a black, but I know there was a white ceramic casing that you could get that was like $1,000 or something like that. Uh, maybe I'm wrong there, 1,500 even, I don't know. Anyway, to be fair, ceramic is stronger and less prone to scratching, so there's that. Um, and the last thing on the graphic um, is accessories. Here they are talking about a new iPod Touch we have talked about an update to the touch in the past so again i'm not going to get into that but i would love to see this and re would really really consider getting one to supplement well my ridiculous need for technology anyway um air power um, I don't use wireless chargers now, so I don't see this being of any interest to me. And even if I did decide to make the switch to, you know, wireless chargers, when you get when you can get some good options for $30 or less, there is no way I'm paying $160 for something made by Apple. I think that's what they said that this was going to sell for is $160. Again, it's just one of those things that I'm not willing to pay the Apple tax for. And the very last thing here talked about is the AirPods 2. Now, I love my AirPods. And if something were to happen to mine now, I think I would spring for a new pair. They really are one of the best products Apple has put out in the last couple of years. I really, truly believe that. But I don't, I won't be upgrading just to upgrade. Now, we don't know all of the new features, and I'm sure there will be some very cool ones, but still, I don't think anything they could put in new AirPods, given that they're just so small, would make most people upgrade if theirs, theirs now are working just fine. Okay, and finally, after all of that, we are going to get to topic number two here, although you could argue it's kind of like topic 1.5, given that it's in relation to the last uh, section of of leaks that we got or rumors and it's a short one all right the linked article has a video with a concept of the newly announced or leaked uh, new design for the 16 inch macbook pro and it looks amazing just absolutely amazing the only issue is that there is no way it is anything even close to what Apple will do, mainly because the design is in the complete opposite direction of where they are going or where I believe they are going. And by where they are going, I mean the new iPad Pros. I think that they are going to try and bring most of the rest of their product line in line with the boxier, more stark industrial design of the iPad Pros. But this is a great reimagining that brings the MacBook Pro closer to maybe the designs of the current iPhones with like the, the way that they curve around, the edges curve around. Check it out for yourself. It is very, very cool. And the last topic 
in regards to Apple here for the day, at least I hope so, I'm pretty sure, is software related. So apparently Apple wants to let developers launch universal apps across iOS and the Mac by 2021. So what they are saying here is that software developers would be able to write one app that would then have the code in it needed to run on any Apple device you have, or well, iOS devices and and your Mac, uh, Mac OS devices, I guess, your computer and your, your mobile uh, devices. All right, um, as it is right now, they have to write one for the iPhone and the iPad, that is kind of a universal app in an in and of itself, where the one app houses the code for iPhone and iPad, and it senses what device you're downloading it to, and then will display that. Um, it's similar, but they're different designs. But you have to write that app, and then you have to write a separate app for the Mac. There are a lot of other podcasts talking about this way more in depth than I can because, let's face it, I don't know the first thing about coding. So go listen to some others, seek those out, Accidental uh, Tech Podcast, ATP, um, Upgrade is one that talks about it a lot, Upgrade on the Relay Network, Relay FM Network. Anyway, they're connected. Connected is another one on Relay. Um, they talk about this a lot, and um, th they know way more than I do. But at any rate, the news to me is that those universal apps will be here by 2021. This is way sooner than I thought we would see these. They announced this was going to be a thing last year with the release of a couple of Apple iPad apps that they ported to the Mac. I say ported, but I I don't know exactly what they did there. And they're not that good, really. They're, they're pretty bad, actually, by the way. Um, I really thought, anyway, I, that's besides the point, but I really thought this would be like a 2023 launch, maybe even 2024, 2025. I know that's a long ways off, but I'm very surprised. I mean, that's, you know, two maybe just over two years away, depending on when in 2021 they release these. So anyways, very, very cool. At any rate, there is a lot more to, to this discussion, but I think that uh, is going to come with more concrete info from Apple as it happens. So we're just gonna have to wait and see what is said here. Okay, so on to the meat and potatoes of the show today. And by meat and potatoes, I mean <laughs> I mean products that are not rumors that are actually coming and have been announced. And that is the Samsung Unpacked event that happened on the 20th this past Wednesday. There is so much to talk about here. And to be honest, I had some difficulties figuring out how I was going to organize it. But in the end, I think the best approach is to just focus on one device at a time. So here it goes okay first off here is the galaxy s10 so let's take a look at specs here we have the infinity o display with the hole punch in the top whatever right corner um, the the s10 has a 6.1 inch display with a 93% screen to body ratio mind you that is the highest of any phone if i'm not mistaken uh, in it has an in-display uh, ultrasonic fingerprint sensor. This actually uses sound waves to measure the ridges of your fingerprint. This is very cool, and I think I heard somewhere that it is even more secure than Apple's Touch ID. Not their Face ID, but the Touch ID, although not as fast, I believe. 
uh, let's see, cameras. We have three rear cameras on the back, um, all with varying different mega, megapixel counts and features. One's a wide angle, one's a telephoto, one's a, a regular width, I, I don't know. Um, I'm not gonna go into all the details here. What it all means is that the cameras will be able to take amazing photos and video. And I believe I heard that DxO Mark already gave it a tying score for the best smartphone that takes still cameras that you can buy. Okay, moving on here, processors. There's gonna be either a Snapdragon 855 or Exynos. 9820 and that is region dependent depending on where you live and where you would buy these phones that is the fastest that you can get in android phones right now they will also have reverse wireless charging meaning the phones can charge accessories or other phones this is the same as the rumor that we talked about in the past topic in regards to um, apple and the sears iphones uh, apparently these phones are going to have wi-fi 6. i don't know what exactly that means other than it will be faster than the wi-fi standard that most phones have now of course whatever router you are connected to would have to support that standard as well for you to be able to take advantage of it but still very cool moving forward um, memory and storage is going to start at 8 gigs of ram and 128 gigs of storage and going up from there um, they will also have micro SD card slots so you can expand that storage and all of this starting at $900. Now I'm going to go through all of the devices here and then I'm going to have like final thoughts at the end. So we're just going to talk specs for a second here for more than a second for, for a while. So moving on here, devices is the Galaxy S10 Plus. This is the larger variant of the flagship flag, flagship s10 phones so specs um let's just start by saying that all of the specs listed in uh, the last section there are, are listed above for the s10 also apply here to the s10 plus except for some differences unless stated otherwise okay the front facing camera on the s10 plus actually has two lenses making for better selfies i think it is the best phone for taking selfies period that's ever been released um, I could care less about this, but still noteworthy. The S10 Plus has a 6.1 inch screen. You can also push the memory and storage to a crazy 12 gigabytes of RAM and one terabyte of storage. Whereas the S10 tops out at 10 gigs of RAM. What did I say? 12, 12 gigs of RAM and one terabyte of storage on the S10 Plus. And the S10 tops out at 10 gigs of RAM and 512 gigabytes of storage. Obviously a larger battery than the smaller S10 variant. Uh, look, we have talked about, uh, or I haven't talked about the size of the batteries because let's face it, they are big enough. And if you're going to buy this phone, if you've already decided that you're going to buy this phone, uh, a couple of milliamps smaller or larger here or there um, is not really going to sway you one way or another. Okay, and all of this on the larger variant starting at $1,000. Now moving on to the next device here is the Galaxy S10e, which is the biggest departure from last year because they only did two phones last year. This is a third. The specs here, this is kind of a mid-tier option, okay? Um, it is the, again, specs are the same as above unless stated otherwise. This has a 5.8 inch flat screen 
display flat meaning that it doesn't have the screen that wraps around the side edges so the bezels are a little larger but it's not all that bad i've heard they're pretty pretty minimal um, it starts at six gigs of memory and goes up to eight gigs and starts at 128 gigs of storage or 256 gigs of storage uh, the fingerprint sensor in this one is embedded into the power button on the side of the phone. Uh, there are two camera lenses on the back as opposed to the three on the other two phones. And all of this starting at $750. Now that is three phones, but we are not done yet. So the next device is the Galaxy S10 Plus 5G variant. The specs here is 6.7 inch display, a larger battery and a five the 5G cell connectivity, and I think it will be more expensive. Okay, uh, moving on here, the Galaxy Fold. Okay, and we come to what would have been called, or what some have been calling the highlight of the show, which is strange because they showed this off first. This was the first thing that they showed on stage, the first thing that they talked about before anything else. I just find that strange. Usually the kind of flashy, like wow you know moving forward product usually that's saved for last but you know kudos to samsung for doing something different i guess um specs here there is a 4.6 inch front display in phone mode uh, when this phone is folded up there is a 7.3 inch display when it's unfolded um the two separate batteries on either side of the fold which is kind of crazy it's very different um now this they have it has the same memory and storage as the other phones and starting at an eye watering 1980 dollars okay i'm gonna come back to this phone i know that was kind of quick to run through something so i say revolutionary that's not the right word but we'll come back to that okay and a couple of other things that were announced. They also announced Galaxy Buds, which are their uh, wireless earbuds starting at $129. But if you pre-order one of the S10s above, um, you can actually get these for free. Kind of cool. And they have a smartwatch called the Galaxy Watch Active. That is a fitness-focused smartwatch starting at $199. So, okay, final thoughts here. The S10e is where I want to start. This is a very clearly their answer to Apple's 10R phone. But what I like here is that they made this the smallest of the phones and not the middle size like Apple did. Do I wish they would have gone smaller? Of course, but the market has spoken and 5.8 inches is small now, apparently. Okay, so the S10e is in a strange spot, really, if you think about it, because, you know, if you're going to pay $750 for a smartphone, why not just pay another $150 and get the S10? I mean, yes, um, they're, you know, you're saving $150. I, I don't know. I, I, I would personally, I would pay the extra money, but maybe $150 is a deciding factor for some people. Okay, the S10 5G variant. Look, I'm glossing over this one, I know, but for good reason, if you ask me. It is, it is a non-starter of a device. They are selling it to those who want this 5G connectivity, but it's hardly available 
anywhere right now. And I'm not going to get into the details, but it is going to be a very long time before that is the case, before this is available for us to just use as we go about our days. And when I say a long time, I mean as in years. I mean, they're starting to roll this out like the carriers, but we're still, we're talking five, six years before it's everywhere we've completely switched over like we are now on LTE. I just don't see them selling many of these at all. They will iterate this device. They will, you know, all uh, phones coming out, I think two years from now, maybe 2021. Uh, we already talked about that year, but I think all phones coming out in 2021 are going to have a 5G, uh, 5G connectivity, but I don't think that you're going to be able to take advantage of that even then to its maximum potential. As for the flagship phones, look, they look amazing. Of course, we knew what they were going to look like before this, this event. There were dozens of leaks, but even though we knew what was coming, it doesn't take away from the fit and finish of these devices. Samsung makes arguably some of the best phones on the market. They look better and feel better than almost any other Android phones out there. Now, I think that is changing quickly, especially with all these Chinese manufacturers jumping in and they have some great, great options, but still Samsung makes great phones and these further that evidence or further the evidence to support that. Now, that 93% screen to body erasure ratio is nothing to overlook either. We are getting closer and closer to the eventual all screen device. Well, okay, hold on. I say eventual, but I, I don't know where the tech is going or what we have now, what, what the ability will will be what our ability to do with screens and everything in the net will be in the next 10 years i'm just assuming that we will get there at any rate if you want the most screen for the money you should get one of these 93 percent screen to body ratio is pretty amazing okay um Look, if you know me, you know that I am more interested in the smaller of the two. But even that is coming in at 6.1 inches. Look, I'm willing to accept this. Well, because I have to if I want a true flagship phone. At least for now, that is. I'm still holding out hope for a small or compact flagship. But I don't know. I, it's, I'm, I'm still holding out hope, but I'm not holding my breath. So anyway, but let's jump into the fold. Okay, um, I have been on a roller coaster of emotions over this thing. Coincidentally, that was the title of last week's episode. I should have saved that for this week, but you know, hindsight and all that, right? Um, upon first seeing it, I thought, damn you, Samsung, I want one. Look, this is the future. Your phone and your tablet all in one. Something you can use to make a quick call and send a text, but then unfold to watch a video or make a video call with a larger view of the person you're talking to or read a book or, oh, or even uh, uh, comics. You know, comics would be a lot better on a larger display like this. I don't personally read comics, but, uh, you know, for those that do, I imagine this would be great. But all of this in one device, not a phone and a separate tablet, but one device that serves as both of those. And eventually, once they get powerful enough, maybe even 
you know, maybe they'll even have desktop software when docked so that you could replace three devices with one, meaning your computer. Um, Samsung already has the DeX feature that that does on the phone, like, or sorry, they have this device on their phones now, the S10 and the S10 Plus, where when you dock it and you hook it up to a larger display, you get a desktop environment. Look, as a recruiter, we've talked about this, my day job is, is in recruiting. As a recruiter, I see more and more people using their phones as their main computing device to apply to our two positions. Some don't even have computers at home at all, okay? But I, I mean, that's another conversation. Let's keep focus here. Uh, what I'm getting at is that people are gonna be using their phones as their main device more and more and more the further along we go. Anyway, but then I had a little time to calm down and look at all the specs and the device itself after the event. Not that I was there, but I mean, you know, articles. I was able to look at a bunch of articles, read a bunch of different opinions. Yes, I'm probably regurgitating a bunch of stuff our people have already said, but you know what? You came here, so now you got to listen to me, okay? And really, it looks pretty bad, okay? I love the idea of it, but this thing looks bad. It's very, very thick. Now, I don't mind the thickness all that much. I, I do, I don't want it to be a brick in my pocket, but I don't mind all that much. Of course, I would love for it to be crazy thin, but the technology is just not there yet. Um, but like I said, this doesn't bother me that, that much. But the biggest thing that does bug me is that outer display. It is tiny. Now I know I sound like a hypocrite right now, right? I want a small display, but not with those massive bezels, okay? Why in the hell did they put such a small screen on the front of this thing with all that space above and below the actual screen? It just looks Terrible, absolutely terrible. Now, I know this is going to be a small issue for a lot of people, but I don't think I could actually bring myself to use it every single day. It would be too awkward. I am sure there are tech limitations for it, right? The, the, the reasons they made it the way they did, but it just looks so awkward and hideous. But all of that aside, this is fun to see, right? It's it's very exciting to see. There is another article I'm going to link to here in reference to phone design getting weird again. Um, there were some very strange phones that you could get in the days right before the smartphone overtook all others. And that variety and uniqueness was a lot of fun. And let's admit one thing here, Samsung is doing it, right? No other phone manufacturer is releasing a folding phone yet. Um, they always push the boundaries. Now, look, that could change in literally one day. Tomorrow, with MWC starting, Mobile World Congress, we could see some more folding phones, and there's actually a leaked, leaked banner of one from, I think, Xiaomi or Huawei, Xiaomi, I don't know. We'll talk about that in the next episode. But look, no other phone manufacturer is doing this right now, okay? They're pushing boundaries. Most of the time, they're just throwing endless ideas against the wall to see what sticks, but in doing so, they push everything else forward with them, okay? This is very much a prototype device. I get that. Um, you're, 
you know, it's a prototype device that you just happen to be able to buy at this point. Okay. But I'm excited to see where it all goes over the next 10 years, hell over the next three years for that matter. Okay. The very last uh, topic here is a quick one. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had a teaser during the big football game. Apparently, you're not allowed to say the SB. We all know what I'm talking about. Big football game in February. You're not allowed to say the SB word without getting written consent or getting consent from the NFL. Who knew? Okay, I don't know. Maybe a lot of people knew. Anyway, I'm just going to try and avoid that. Um, we got our teaser for the upcoming reboot of The Twilight Zone. And now we have a full-fledged trailer, okay, that came out, I think, two or three days ago, something like that. My point there in the last, the last time I talked about this was out of anger that uh, CBS was forcing us to pay for their streaming service to see it when a lot of us are already paying a, for a cable subscription to see it. Okay. And damn it. If I have, if I don't have to eat my words, okay, look, I'm still not happy about it, but this looks so good that I think I'm going to have to pay to watch it. I still think I might wait until the whole season is over and try to avoid spoilers or review articles or anything like that and just binge all of it in like a weekend or a week or something, just pay for one month. But I think I'm going to have to. Okay. And finally, that is all for today, folks. As always, I can be reached at everydayenthusiastpodcast at gmail.com. No dots, dashes, or spaces. Again, that's everydayenthusiastpodcast at gmail.com. You can find the show notes at everydayenthusiastpodcast at .tumblr.com. As I said before, this podcast is available on your favorite podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Overcast. Please like, rate, and subscribe. And until next time, stay enthusiastic.